And now, it's time once again for the show that gives glorious voice to 25 million business owners across the fruited plain. Radio Free Enterprise with Frank Felker. Thank you, Dude Walker. Yes, indeed, I am Frank Felker. Welcome back to Radio Free Enterprise. My guest today is Tom Schwab. Tom is the author of Podcast Guest Profits, and he's the president of Interview Valet in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Tom Schwab, welcome to the program. Frank, thanks for having me here, and uh, uh, it's an amazing time. There's a lot of problems in the world, but there's no better time to be alive. You're in Virginia, I'm in Kalamazoo, and uh, we're, we're here uh, interacting with everybody. Well, I'm happy to say we're both here. We're both uh, clearly breathing well, so that's a plus. We've got a lot to cover today, Tom. What you do, your line of work is very interesting. I want to start right at the beginning with what exactly is podcast interview marketing and what makes it so powerful? Yeah, It's the whole idea of that we're all one conversation away. You know, I, I, I don't believe that we're one funnel away. The best things in my life has come from a conversation. We buy things from people we know, like, and trust. And so how do you get in front of people? Some people will say, well, you need to break through the noise. Uh, Frank, I think if we're honest, when we try breaking through the noise, we're just yelling and nobody's hearing us. So hmm. I believe the best way is to get in on the conversation, the conversation that your ideal customers or prospects are already listening to. And that's where podcast interview marketing comes in. So the idea is to leverage other people's platforms, uh, to leverage other people's audiences through an interview, and then use that as the content. Now, years ago, it would be done through guest blogging, or you might get on like the Oprah show to, to build your business and build your brand that way. Well, here today, the easiest way to do this, and one of the most powerful ways, is through podcasts because they are so targeted, they are so easy to do, you know, now that where travel is a, is a hard uh, hardship or not even doable at times, no matter where you are, um, you can do a podcast interview from home, from work. Hey, if I can do it from Kalamazoo, Michigan, you can do it from anywhere. <laughs> Kalamazoo, Michigan is not that much of a, of a uh, hillbilly town, I, as I recall. Uh, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to quote something from uh, your, your homepage that I think is fantastic. You say, uh, it, it, this is sort of your mission statement, turn listeners into leads and leads into customers by talking directly to ideal prospects with podcast interview marketing. And that sounds great. I mean, I'm a big consumer of podcasts, as I imagine you are as well. And it's such an intimate medium where, you know, you're right in my ear and I wouldn't be listening to this if it weren't for the fact that I'm interested in that host and I'm interested in his topic uh, area that he covers. Can you speak to that, how that's different from, let's say, being on The Oprah Show, where you might reach millions, but very few people might actually be that interested in what you have to say? And you make a great point there. Television was always about bigger is better. Podcasts are really about better is better and more focused is better. So today there are 1.2 million podcasts. Um, that being said, uh, not every podcast is perfect for you. But those ones that have your ideal customer, those prospects that, that get what you talk about, those are the, the great shows to be on. And really it's the idea of people are either going to turn you up or turn you off. And if you get on the right podcast, they'll be turning you up. 
Uh, I don't care how good you are. If you get on the wrong podcast, they'll turn you down. And also the idea of, uh, I think today none of us want to be sold, right? Nobody goes onto a mm -hmm. podcast and says, sell me something. Uh, I log into Google and say, sell me something. Now, right. the best way to sell something today is to earn the respect, awareness, and trust of those who might buy. And I think being a podcast guest is a great way to do that because there's the transfer of authority. If the guest or if the host has already vetted you, has already said you're an expert and they start introducing uh, you, that's powerful. And think about it, it was the, the same strategy that was probably used by my grandfather. You know, when you got invited uh, to an event and you got introduced by somebody else that they, they respected, boy, that was a great way to grow your brand and grow your business, you know, but for him, that meant four hours on a golf course or, you know, a, a Lions Club meeting, something like that. For us, it's a half hour, 45 minutes on a podcast. And the other thing that you point out is this is evergreen. So if I didn't catch the Oprah show, well, I'm either going to have to catch it on reruns or whatever, but with podcasts, you can listen to them when you want, where you want, even at the speed you want. Yes. Isn't that something? I find myself turning up the speed to like 1.25 or 1.5 on a number of podcasts and your ear just becomes accustomed to it and you're able to consume the information so much more quickly. Now, before we get to how do I get myself on a podcast, let's talk about why, I mean, really what's the real uh, rubber meets the road value. Part of uh, the service you provide is not just getting people onto podcasts and targeted podcasts, but also helping your clients with a marketing plan so that they can proactively leverage their interview appearances to generate leads and create new customer relationships. Can you speak to that at sort of a 40,000 foot level? Yeah, Frank, and you were so right, because people will come to us and say, can you get me on a podcast? <laughs> and I always say, well, if you want better answers, you've got to ask better questions. And I think the question you wanted to ask was, can you help me grow my business and my brand oh, that's great. as a podcast mm -hmm. guest? And they're like, yeah, isn't that what I said? Well, I'm like, well, being on the podcast is just a small part of that. There's also finding the right shows, approaching them in the right way so that they say yes. Preparing for the interview, right? You, you wouldn't want to go on a, a stage, a physical stage of thousands of tens of thousands of people in order to, to talk with them without preparing. And so we help our clients do that. And then there's a lot of strategy behind it. You know, what do you do to move people from being a passive listener to an active visitor and ultimately an engaged lead. This is a, a marketing strategy. Uh, it's one that's really easy to understand. Uh, you know, people buy from people they know, like, and trust. And if you're just doing a little transaction, if I'm if I'm buying uh, an impulse product at the counter, I probably don't have to know about the the history of the company, the author, or the um, uh, the leader of it. I, I don't need a, a long discussion. But if this is going to be a major purchase, if this is going to be a partnership, if this is going to be a company that I work with or a consultant I work with, you better, would, uh, you better know that I want to understand how they think, why they do the things they are, and if they're good for me or not. Let's talk about some case studies and success stories that you can share. I think that'll make it easier for people to picture themselves as your client and in that seat or being that interview guest and how they can leverage that. Can you give us uh, one story, two stories, whatever you got? 
Sure. I mean, we've got over 500 stories. We've been doing this oh, since wow. 2015, over 500 clients on 20,000 interviews. But as you were talking about that, there's a few that came to mind. You know, as a consultant, Craig Cody, uh, he's a fractional CFO, great guy, retired New York City cop. And he wanted to go out there and diversify his business. Well, we got him on different podcasts. He was able to tell his story. And I, I love accountants because they know their numbers. And he reported at an event that he got 600% return on investment at one year and 1,200% at two years. Got, we work with authors, typically nonfiction authors that have a, a business behind their book. And with that, uh, Chris Tuff, great example. Uh, Chris was known in his company as the millennial whisperer. Uh, he was the one that could, could deal with all of the millennials and bring the best out of them. Well, he wrote a book about it. We worked with him on a podcast book tour, um, helped him hit a number of lists, a Wall Street Journal list and also uh, the USA Today bestseller list. Well, exposure brings opportunity. Not only did he sell a lot of books, but they got so many requests to learn about how to do this that the company that he works for um, started a separate consulting arm uh, talking about the Millennial Whisperer and helping large companies uh, attract, engage, and, and really bring out the best. So other ones would be coaches. You know, uh, one of our early clients uh, was a coach that uh, just wanted to get a few clients. Well, he got his few clients. He raised his prices and then he got more and more. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to serve them, so he started to do masterminds. And Frank, uh, at last count, he had done 15 paid masterminds. That's what he had of 10 people each, all paying right around $500 a month to be in his mastermind. Oh, wow. So you can, do, you can do that math really quickly mm -hmm. to realize that your biggest problem is obscurity. There's lots of people you could help if they only knew about you. And he was able to break through that obscurity and uh, uh, people resonated with him and signed up. That's great. I just love, ever since I heard about your model, uh, it just resonated with me, made a lot of sense. And uh, I had no idea that you would serve so many people and that they had uh, done so many interviews. So that's quite a track record. Now, I, we, obviously it would take much more time than we have available to ourselves today for you to explain everything how this works. But let's start with this. What, you know, how am I going to get on a podcast? How am I going to attract the attention of a host and persuade him that my message would be good for his audience? And I love that you didn't use the word pitch there. <laughs> I, I, you pitch a baseball, you introduce a human being. And I'll, I'll, I'll take you behind the curtain here. There are three types of people that podcasters want. They want their friends. They want their friends of friends and people they want to be their friends. Nowhere in there does it say a cold pitch. So how do you get on a podcast? Well, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about jab, 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 right hook. I look right. at it as serve, 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 ask. So before mm. you even think about getting on a podcast, listen to some of them and think, could I add a lot of value to this? Do they have my ideal audience? Is it just a, a big podcast or is it a great podcast for me? There's a difference between nice people and nice customers. And that's one of the things you have to look at. So with that, if you say this is a great podcast, I would love to be on Frank's podcast here. Well, the first thing you do is give, right? So give a rating and review. We're all vain. We all listen for our own name. <laughs> and if you do that, a if you leave a rating and review, that means a lot to a host. Share the content. 
make a comment on it, share it on social media, that whole idea of serving and giving, then you've earned the right to reach out and say, you know, I've been listening to your podcast and I really like this one. And I think there's some things that I could offer you and your audience that would bring a lot of value. Now, notice your goal on being a podcast on a podcast is to make the host look like a genius for introducing. Oh, you. that's great. If, what a nugget. If you do a good job, they will promote you better than you ever could. And so with that, even when you reach out to them, don't do a cold pitch. Nobody likes that. But to reach out and say, here's who I am. We're already connected. Uh, here's some things that you know we've interacted on. Here's some things that I could bring value on. And I think if you do that, if you give, 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 they're going to be asking you, hey, Tom, would you be on the podcast? That's awesome. Great stuff, Tom. Now, my next question has to do with, uh, you know, you and I were both, I can't speak for you, but president of the AV club back in the sixth grade. And so, you know, we've got cameras and microphones and headphones and all kinds of happy stuff. But most people don't, and they're a little intimidated by that. What, what is sort of a baseline of equipment that someone would need in order to sound professional? And I don't mean their speaking voice, but at least it, it's, you know, it doesn't sound like they're talking over a telephone or something. What, what do you recommend in terms of equipment? Well, thank you for the compliment that I'm that techie. I'm an engineer by background, but I also learned in the Navy uh, that you have to be smarter than the things you work with, which is one of the reasons a lot of times I will go to a pencil and a piece of paper. So it doesn't need to be complicated. Now, you are judged by how you sound, so you want to sound professional. Um, and that can be done as easily as... 60 or $70 on a microphone. It could be a gamer's headset that just plugs straight into your USB connection. It could be a dynamic microphone. Um, and it's a little geeky here. Dynamic microphones don't pick up the background noise. But mm -hmm. you want to sound as good as the host. Nothing will ruin your credibility more than sounding like you showed up and calling in from a bathroom or for prison. Some people use earbuds. Uh, with that, just be very, very careful because you don't want that microphone hitting your um, uh, hitting your collar. But for most people, just go on to um, Amazon, any of those sites, and just put in dynamic microphone, and you should be able to get one within a few days um, that is under $70. And with that, um, you can use it for so many things. You can use it for Zoom calls. You can use it for videos. Um, the one that I use um, is an ATR 2005, and I love it. It comes in a little pencil case. And... Um, with that, I throw it in my luggage all the time. Some of the biggest interviews that I have done, Frank, have been from the good old days when I was on the road. And mm -hmm. I could do them from a conference room. I could do them for, from a hotel room, really, because it just didn't pick up the background noise. Right. And um, I remember one time uh, I had to do an interview from my car. Uh, but the car, as long as there's no you know, fire engines or horns honking or whatever... Uh, a car is actually a very soundproof uh, room, uh, you know, as long as you don't need to have the air conditioning. There's a lot of ifs, but uh, you never know where you're going to be able to find a good room. Um, but now I've got a microphone. Do I need any software? Am I good? Am I just going to plug that into my laptop or my phone? Or what do I, where do I go from there? If you've got a good microphone, you know, like I just said, uh, a, a microphone that doesn't pick up the background noise, you may want to use earbuds 
Um, I'll, I like the cans. Um, they keep my ears warm in Michigan six months out of the year, but you can just <laughs> use little earbuds too. And that keeps background noise from getting in there. Mm-hmm. And really besides that, you just need a computer that you can plug the microphone into. You don't need the mixer and all the, all the AV gear on that. And then just a, a solid internet connection. Um, and that's really, that, that's one of the amazing parts about today is that Five years ago, seven years ago, you'd be driving to a studio to do all of this. And now you right. look at it, even on, on television, uh, you know, the, the pandemic world here, now newscasters can use the same equipment that you use, you know, just a, a built-in camera on, the, uh, on their computer. And if they can do national news with that, you can do a podcast interview. I want to ask you, how do we proactively uh, without sounding salesly, salesy, uh, sort of move the listener from stranger to suspect to prospect and so forth. How can we turn an interview into an opportunity for a listener to reach out to us and ask for more information? Yeah, and that's that's one of the great things is that you want to meet people where they are. And most digital marketers will tell you one call to action. Right. Our testing over and over has shown it's three calls to action. Hmm. There's the small yes, the medium yes, and the heck yes. And I think it's really important just to sort of work it into your day-to-day conversations, right? So, uh, Frank, uh, I, I should have done this earlier when you mentioned my book, right? I'm not on here to sell books, right? But I love it when people get the book and get the ideas. So a lot of times I will just tell them, if you want a free copy of the book, you know, just just come back to the website. Come back to interviewvalet.com forward slash um, RFE, Radio Free Entrepreneur uh, or Enterprise. Just come back for that. You could do a small one is give them a checklist, uh, uh, a podcast um, to to subscribe to. And then that heck yes, if somebody listens to you and they're like, wow. This makes sense for me. This is, this is, you know, just for me. Pe- Tom works with people like me. He's had success with people like me. You know, I want to talk with them. Well, that heck yes is if they've understood you for 30 or 45 minutes, don't slow them down in the funnel. Give them a way to hmm. connect. And so for me, that's always, hey, if any of this resonated with you, if I can help you, if you've got any specific questions, just go to that, that page that I mentioned and I'll put my calendar scheduling link there. So I really think it's not so much selling them, but giving them the next steps to take a small yes, a a medium yes, and then the heck yes, and and really making it easy for them. I like that, meeting them where they are in the sales funnel instead of, as you said, slowing them down going through a funnel. Um, That makes perfect sense. Now, what about uh, how should they prepare? You mentioned, you know, you wouldn't give a speech uh, without being prepared. Should the guest come with, you know, here's some suggested questions or here's what I think we should talk about, or should they leave that up to the host to, to ask questions that they think would be interesting? How, how does that work? I, I think you have to do 100% of your work and 100% of the, the host's work, hmm. right? That whole idea of, well, I did my job, let them do their job. No, you've been invited onto it. So make it as easy as possible for them. So one of the things is to give them 
a, a one sheet, a, a background on you so they know how to introduce you. They know all your social media links. So they're not wondering, huh, I wonder what Tom Schwab it is that I'm supposed to be promoting. <laughs> or even your headshot, your logo. Make it easy for them. Um, even a biography, you know, in the industry it's called a rip and read biography. So it's all in third person. Give them some talking points that you could talk on, things that might spur on a conversation. But don't tell them, I'm only talking about these five things. To mm -hmm. me, I think the, the word interview is a little bit of a misnomer. I, I think the best podcasts are a discussion, not necessarily an interview. And then right. preparing yourself, you would not walk onto a stage in front of a thousand people and go, I've talked before, you know, uh, Frank invited me here, I'll just show up. No, you'd want to know what time, where can I be there? What's the, what's the attire? Um, mm -hmm. You're being invited to the dinner party. You're being invited to the stage and you're the guest. So make sure you know what that is. Make sure you know what the podcast talks about, who the audience is. And you can get some of this from listening to previous episodes. You can also get it from just asking the host. And when Frank and I first started to talk here, I asked him the same question that I ask every host and that I encourage every one of our clients to ask. Ask the host, you know, what are you hoping to get out of this? How, how can I bring the most value? How can I serve your audience? Because I think if you come with that heart of service, you're going to have a great interview and it's going to work for you. If, it, if, it, if you show up going, hi, I'm here to sell my book and to sell my product, no, nobody likes to listen to an infomercial. Um, so going back to what we said before, serve, serve, serve. That's great. Yeah, people, uh, the marketplace is pretty smart these days and you try to beat them over the head with something. It usually doesn't work. Certain products and services, it works. But, you know, and it, it occurs to me as you were just saying that about you and I talking and you asking me that question, this is a pretty meta topic, you know, where you're a podcast guest talking about how to be a podcast guest on a podcast. And uh, anyway, so uh, I guess we're just we're all dealing with that as we go along here. Um, you know, one thing you had talked to me about or I've somewhere I've heard you say has to do with repurposing the content of the podcast after it's done. What does that mean and how can I derive value from that? That means as a business owner, leveraging your time, leveraging your talent and just do the things that are really good and really easy to you. So let me give you an example. I've written a whole lot of blogs in my lifetime. Every one of them felt like a homework assignment. <laughs> but yet, I love talking. You know, and if, if you ask me questions about my business, which is my passion, if you ask me about um, uh, my clients, my team, all of that, that's a passion. And I'll talk about that forever. Flip around the other side is doing a keynote speech Sometimes that can be tough. But if you're just asking questions back and forth, that's easy. It's fun. We all like to do that. And then you can take that. So we could take this video recording here. We could cut it up into different segments and make little 60-second video clips to put on social media. It doesn't take any more of my time. It would just be somebody on the team or a, uh, an intern, uh, some uh, contractor. Or you could take the transcript. Now we all talk at about 150 words a minute. So that means about every five minutes or so, you've got another blog. And somebody can take that transcript very easily. They can put it into 
blog format, and now you've got content there. You can take little bits of it and put it up on social media for different memes. Uh, last year, I challenged my team, and they were able to get a month's worth of content, blog, social media, audiogram, video clips, a month's worth of content from every interview, and it didn't take any more of my time. And so to me, the people that do the interviews, I'm like, that is great. But supercharge it. Make the most out of every opportunity by repurposing it. Because right now the studies say 51% of the U.S. population listens to podcasts. If you're no listening kidding. to this, you're one of that 51%. But I remember somebody asked me, when do you think it'll get to 100? Never. Television, radio never got to 100. Right now, 10% mm -hmm. of the U.S. population is hearing impaired. They won't listen to this podcast, but you know what? They may read the transcript, and now it's so easy to do that. Why wouldn't you repurpose all your content? So you're saying both repurpose it in terms of audio, video, text, but also where you put it. It could be on your blog. It could be on Facebook. It could be on LinkedIn. And it's even though it's all the same content, now that's a question I get a lot. Well, well, this is the same thing. They're going to hear it and see it and read it. And uh, what, what's your response to somebody who might say that to you? I don't think everybody's at the same point at the same time. And I don't believe that they read every one of my emails and every <laughs> one of my posts. Uh, there's times where um, uh, I could send myself the same email every three months. and I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. I don't remember that. So I right. think it's really not saturating them, but really putting them where it is. And different different areas have different format, uh, formats, right? Uh, you don't want to put a 10-minute video maybe on Instagram uh, or TikTok. Uh, my customers aren't on, on TikTok, so I don't go there. Mm -hmm. But you can put different content in different places and really just meeting people where they are, being that omnipresent um, so that it brings up your stature. Uh, you're seeing more places. You get those social media follows and you get the backlinks, which really right. helps you in the traffic uh, search engine optimization and getting found. One thing I often say in response to that objection is, hey, if somebody actually remembers having seen or read this somewhere before, you're on to something good because uh, there is so much noise trying to break through where they or their brain actually goes, oh, you've heard that before. If you've seen that, read that, that uh, then you're doing good work. Yes. We're just about out of time. I want to ask you, you know, let's say somebody's been listening or watching and uh, yeah, they're fired up and uh, and maybe they they're not ready to reach out to you just yet, Tom. What outside of that, what would you say is the best next step? First thing they ought to do. I think the first thing is to realize what's ordinary to you is amazing to other people. What you know could help people and could help yourself. And today it's never been easier. And so a lot of times people will think, well, I'm not perfect yet. I, I need to get all of this done on my website. I need to get my social media all done. I, I, I need to uh, take a year of speaking courses, mm. all of this, and someday I'll be ready. You'll never be perfect, but you're ready today. And what you know could really help somebody. And so take it. It's, it's never been easier to go out there and share what you know and help someone. And I would say, to, you know, I would challenge you in the next 90 days, 
you listen to podcasts, you know podcasters. If you've got something that you think could be of value, reach out to a couple of them and do just what I said. See if the process works. You know, serve them, then ask, then deliver great content there. You know, I always joke with our clients, we do practice podcast interviews with each one. And I'm like, your first interview is going to be your worst. <laughs> always is. Always so let's is. get that over with it. But you know what? I've done 1,200 and I'm still learning new things. And so with that, I, I would just say for a first step, I'm not trying to sell anything here. Just go to interviewvalet.com forward slash RFE for Radio Free Enterprise. And there's a, an assessment there. It's will podcast interview marketing work for me? 10 questions. It'll give you a score and it'll give you some hints on what you could do to make it work even better. You know, the book that uh, Frank was nice enough to mention, I sell a lot of copies, but I give more away. If you just go to interviewvalet.com forward slash RFE, you can get a free copy of the book. If you're in the United States, I'll mail you one. If you're outside, uh, you get the digital copy. And then finally, if you're like, wow, this could really work for me or my business, you know, how could we work together? Well, I'll put my calendar scheduling link there too. There's lots of resources over at the website. I, I do most mornings a daily podcast tip. Um, so uh, you can find inspiration there and you can find a, a lot of good ideas uh, and lessons that other people have learned. All back at Interview Valet. Tom Schwab, that is just great stuff. I cannot thank you enough for joining me today. Thank you, Frank. Thanks again to Tom and thank you for joining us. Until next time. I'm Frank Felker saying, I'll see you on the radio. Forgiving your entrepreneurial sins with a gentle wave of his microphone, here's Frank Felker.